Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for downloading this Attacking Scrum podcast special. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum and you can also do that on Facebook too. We've also got an Instagram page so make sure you check that out. And if you enjoy it, make sure to tell your friends, leave us a review on iTunes if you can and once again, enjoy the show. London Welsh is a side with a rich history. We all know about the glory years of the 1970s where a whole host of players, including John Taylor, Mervyn Davies, John Dawes and JPR Williams, all delighted crowds and were called up to play for the 1971 Lions, a team that defeated New Zealand on our own turf. Even as little ago as three years, London Welsh were playing top flight rugby. They twice won the RFU Championship and had Grand Slam and Rugby World Cup winners in their midst. Oh, that's a great start from Hanson. Beautiful rugby again. Fast forward to the start of 2017 and the club was kicked out of professional rugby by the RFU. They found themselves in liquidation and unable to satisfy the governing body's criteria to compete in the league were booted out of the championship. Now the Richmond based club finds itself at the dawn of a new era as a solely amateur side. The 2017-18 season will be competed in the Hertfordshire and Middlesex League One, the ninth tier of club rugby in England. In this episode, we take a look at London Welsh, as Dan and I spend the afternoon at Old Deer Park on the day the club played their first home game of the season against Staines. We also catch up with a few of the characters who've helped to make all of this possible. left the house, made the journey across southwest London to see London Welsh on what is their first home game of the season and their first game as a as a solely amateur club in the professional era after a lot of ups and downs over the last few years. This promises to be 
I imagine something quite an emotional day, really, um, given everything that's that's gone on in the last year. Uh, but really looking forward to getting over to Old Deer Park, Richmond, famous ground. Uh, as we as we've said, seen you know so many fantastic players over the years, and uh, it, yeah, it'd be really exciting to see what's a brand new chapter in the club's history. After arriving at the club, it was clear to see that a special day was in store. What really hits you about Old Deer Park is the history. The clubhouse is laden with the shirts of the heroes of the past. The function room upstairs is known as the John Dawes Suite, after the club's legendary centre. Dawes is the club's president, and at a pre-match meal, club chairman Gwynne Williams announced that Dawes will be joined by a very special co-president this season. His old friend, playing partner, and fellow Lions tourist, John Taylor. JT is another hero in these parts and someone who's become synonymous with the club and ever present through good times and bad. After the meal, attention turned to rugby and Dan and I headed out to the ground to see what the game would hold in store. Very close to kick-off. I've just had to tell Daniel Killick to stop chewing his gum because I've picked it up on the microphone. <laughs> but uh, a real sense of excitement around London Welsh today, Dan. Yeah, a huge amount of excitement. and. Uh quite emotional actually as well down here isn't it? It was yeah so we've uh, just had a um, pre-match meal which is one of the advantages of hanging around with Dan Killick. I've been waiting over a year to get one but uh, really interesting to hear from uh, from Gwyn Williams chairman and also to hear from new co-president John Taylor. Yeah fantastic Gwyn was obviously giving it the uh, you know the, the talk about the vision and, and you know what uh, what today represents and then uh, yeah, John Taylor just coming out with some fantastic stories, wasn't it, from 1971, and then sort of right up to the, you know, being being away with the Lions, you know, this year as well. So, yeah, some great, great stories. And I, I could just listen to him go on and on and on. He's, yeah. he's got one of those voices, isn't he? It's just fantastic. He has. And if you haven't heard our, uh, haven't heard our podcast with him, shameless plug. Go back to listen to one of our early ones. It's a nice line in there, John Taylor. He, uh, yeah, he. He does, he does all the legwork. It's uh, very interesting to hear from him. But yeah, looking forward to today's game. Like you said, it's quite a uh, emotional atmosphere around the place, isn't it? Yeah, Sonny Parker said a few words, didn't he? And he, uh, he said that, look, you know, it's, it's an emotional day for him personally. And he'd like to thank everyone for coming down. It's a fantastic crowd. I'm really, in I'm really intrigued to see how, uh, you know, players like Tom May, who's going to be in the centre today, playing against some of the guys that um, were around when I when I had a couple of couple of games for London Welsh. So, yeah, great great mix of uh, of old and new, and uh, represents a new a new new era, doesn't it? I'm sure Tom May would have been licking his lips if he'd have looked up and seen you either in training or in opposition. Yeah, I can I can imagine that uh, he's probably he's probably thanking the lucky stars that I'm not I'm not out there today. <laughs> Well, yeah, so getting very close to kick-off, as we say, and uh, we'll be tracking this journey, not just throughout today, but throughout the course of the season, because it really is interesting to, to see Welsh on this, this next stage of the journey. As we've as we said, you know, having had ups and downs in the last 12 months or so, or even longer, and also the, the kind of the, the times in professional era, and now starting as a new dawn as a, as a solely amateur side. Yeah, absolutely. There's something quite romantic about this, isn't there? So huge buy-in and... Uh, Yes, it's a big day today. And what by way of predictions, Dan? I know you didn't catch a lot of uh, I know you didn't catch a lot of Pro 14 rugby last week, but how clued up are you when it comes to the ninth tier of English rugby? Hugely clued up, actually. <laughs> this is more this is more me. Um, well, London Welsh got a got a got a good win against Staines in the um, in the pre-season game, but I know they picked up a couple of uh, a couple of injuries, and unbelievably, 
they mentioned today, didn't they, that 65 players were unavailable for today's game, which just shows basically what a, what a good a good place the club's in with, what with a, recruitment. What a draw it is for players. Yeah, what a draw, you know, going back to, as John said, you know, back in the day, you know, all the teachers and a few uh, medical students. But that's a lot of players to be without, isn't it? So I think, well, hopefully it isn't close, but 21, 20 points to five, I'll say. A good first half for the home team meant the strong crowd had plenty to cheer about. The emotions we spoke of before the game were undoubtedly positive ones as the half-time whistle blew. But all this emotion was clearly not having an effect on Dan's appetite. Not content with a pre-match meal, my co-host found himself drawn towards yet more food, but did find time to reflect on some of the rugby and the great atmosphere as we caught up at the start of the second half. Well, first off, we had problems with you chewing gum too loudly. You've now got, what's this, a chicken curry on the go? Chicken curry half and half. Yeah, yeah. a half and half. Well, I actually asked for uh, more chips than rice. Did you? So, which, yeah, uh, some kind of three-quarter. Yeah, they didn't look at me strangely, obviously, being at London Welsh, so it's absolutely fine. <laughs> You've got to have chips with a curry, haven't you? Yeah, we've, we've, covered this, we've covered this on numerous occasions. That's definitely the way it should work. Just into the start of the second half, though, Dan. London Welsh played well, not necessarily had it their own way in the first half, let Staines back into it, but an early score in the second half, 22 points to seven now. What have you made of it? Yeah, it's been pretty competitive, isn't it? It's, uh, Staines have got a, a big pack, they're probably carrying uh, a little bit more weight of the wrong sort then, compared to London Welsh. Let's hope they're not listening to this. Yeah, hopefully. And let's hope they can't see you right now. <laughs> That's why we're yeah, miles away from the, from the action here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I thought the difference was um, London Welsh's uh, out to the half, Lloyd. He's been been really controlling the game well, isn't he? Lovely little offloads. Um, he's having a cracking game, and uh, also the the London Welsh front row seem to be on top. Look, good structured side, really. Set piece has gone well. There's some nice moves behind the back line. Seems you know like the the coaching's definitely kind of making a difference at this level. Yeah, definitely. You can see the coaching's paying off. They're well drilled, aren't they? Coming up as a group. And they know what they they will know how they want to play in each of the each of the areas. So, yeah, I can definitely see that influence coming off. And I think we'll probably see London Welsh pulling away now. With fact, uh, as you say, that, oh, this here we is go. Standing break. This will be fantastic. We could finish it. Oh. Got a big hit there. Might still be on. Yeah, try time. Give it a try time. Great run from number twelve. He's, he's been impressive, awesome isn't he? Do you know the whole of the back line has, and you can see kind of the touches of magic from Tom May and like you said Lloyd Davis at outside half has made a massive massive difference yeah Tom and Tom May's uh, been targeted a few times isn't he a couple of cheap just, cheap just shots before we hit, just before we hit record there was uh, what looked like a bit of a swing I'm not sure how much there was in it but definitely a bit of needle there and uh, yeah but he's, he's definitely had a positive impact on the on the back line for Welsh didn't he yeah definitely and he brings a bit of uh, that good sort of grey hair to the back line in, uh, in London Welsh which is probably needed there's a couple of ball characters out there. <laughs> Again, <laughs> well, thank God they can't hear me. This is it. But uh, yeah, this uh, if, this is gonna be a tough conversion kick out on the out on the touchline for Lloyd Davis. But even if they don't get that, 27 points to seven now. You know, London Welsh can kick on and, and win this. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be a great uh, a great win, won't it? I mean, it, London Welsh expected to get a get a home win here, but there's a lot uh, a lot of expectation, isn't there? And sometimes that can be. Uh, that can be a little bit difficult to live up to, so they'll be delighted if uh, Lloyd slots over this this conversion and uh, takes it. What London Welsh thirty, Stain seven. Your maths, your maths isn't great, is it? Two no, points for a conversion points, in, the, okay. in this day and age, yeah. Dan. But there we go. We mentioned the crowd a couple of times, but if Welsh can uh, can hang on to this lead or 
or kick on, then it's going to make for a uh, make for a good party atmosphere in the clubhouse afterwards as well. Yeah, definitely. There'll be a bit of singing, uh, bit of singing this evening. The London Welsh Rugby Club choir, I think, are around and about somewhere. So yeah, there could be a good bit of a uh, good few beers being drunk and uh, just general good times. I dare say there will be. Welsh did kick on, and it seemed only fitting that the hosts should get the win on their day, which they duly did. A rousing rendition of Camronda greeted the guests as they left the field of play, and at this point I headed into a packed clubhouse where spirits were high. Whilst there, I caught up with good friend of the show, Gareth Vaughan-Jones. Always nice to bump into a familiar face, and uh, it's one of the, uh, I guess, one of the founding fathers, the attacking scrum, our very first guest, Gareth Vaughan-Jones. Gaz, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, good to see you, Jed. Really good to see you. And uh, here in your uh, in your role as um, as announcer at London Welsh today, and they kept you busy as well. Score a 44-21 in London Welsh's favour. Yeah. What did you make of that as a game first and foremost? Brilliant game. You know, it's amateur rugby at its best. It's a, it's a family club. It's, it's a members club run for its members by members. We had a decent crowd out there today. A lot of these players wouldn't have played in front of a crowd like that before. They really appreciated it. They are now they are our first team representing London Welsh as we um, now regroup and try and go up the leagues now, back to the national leagues. And that is our plan across the next five years to get into the national leagues. But you can see the appetite here, a big crowd for a game like this, and everyone has had a fantastic day out. And you mentioned the big crowd, because this is something me and Dan were talking about the, um, before, and you know, just you, you try and get a gauge of how big the crowd is. but. Well, north of 450, coming down to watch uh, an amateur game of rugby, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I think both teams would never play in front of that sort of audience. Obviously, there's a couple of players who played at a higher level than this, like you know, Tom May and yeah. Kai Griffiths. But you can see the sense of enjoyment they both had playing at this level. They really enjoy rugby, and the opposition enjoy playing against people of that quality. And it's, it's just a great game. It's a great spectacle. You know, I think I'd urge anyone to come down and watch London Welsh. They'll have a fantastic experience at Oldie Park. The bar now is absolutely packed. And the sun's out, there's a couple hundred people in front of the clubhouse, and everyone's had a great afternoon here. Yeah, and I can absolutely, absolutely second that. It's been a fantastic afternoon. And a really fantastic feeling of optimism around the club too. Yeah. I, I agree, I, think, I mean, um, you know, it, it sometimes felt like two clubs, you know, the pro team and the amateurs, and we were directors of the amateurs. Now I'm a director of the overall club, we've regrouped. And actually, because we're not paying people's wages, there's a sense of optimism. And mm. it's actually, I think, attracting more and more people to be involved with the club, which, which is great. And we're still obviously looking for more people to get involved with the club. But we've got a, you know, a great start, driven by our amateur chair, Gwyn, who's doing an amazing job uh, with lots of other volunteers to get us to where we are today. And, you know, and things like this makes you feel really optimistic about the future. It really does. I've only known Gareth for a year, but his passion for London Welsh is unrelenting. You get the feeling there's no place you'd rather be on a Saturday than Old Deer Park. It was then time to speak to a man who's seen it all with the club. The glittering highs of promotion, the gut-wrenching lows of the financial woes that led to the end of the professional side. It's the chairman, Gwyn Williams. Gwyn, you look tired. It's been, it's been, it's been some day, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, um, it's been a long day, but a worthwhile day. I mean, it, it's, these things are emotional and that's what makes you tired, but it's also the thing that makes you feel exhilarated about what you've just experienced. I can, Im I can only imagine, and you, know, you mentioned kind of just being a bit tired there. You know, this is this is something that you're doing as you know as your passion. You know, yeah. you just you're just saying there while we're off air. You know, you you've got a, a job of your of your own, and to do this, 
that to me just shows how special this club is to you. Indeed, but I think that's largely, that's about a, an example of volunteering in, in sport environments in the UK. I mean, there's, an ama there's amazing people with rugby clubs, the swimming clubs and all sorts of things. And, you know, I, I think growing up in South Wales, you know, I had the opportunity to, to play and enjoy rugby because people volunteered. Um, and I, I think it, it's a, you know, it's a hugely important thing that, that people can do. In, in fact, I, I thoroughly enjoyed piece that was on Radio 5 Live on, on Friday, very much about volunteering and um, volunteering in sports clubs. Yeah, no, I, that's, I think that's exactly what we're trying to get across this afternoon. And I think at this particular point, you know, you mentioned growing up in South Wales, the grassroots rugby is, you know, they're so reliant on, on volunteers now. Yeah. And it's, it really feels like this new dawn of London Welsh is going to be something that encapsulates that spirit. Yes, I hope so. Um, you know, w there were some downsides of towards the end of last year and and and, um, and I hope today that some of our longer term members people who've been with this club 30 or 40 years had an absolutely just fantastic experience um, to see this club full before a game to see you know 117 people sat down and having a little lunch together um, you know to have JT with us and so on um, and then to go out and, and, and watch a game played, a very good game of rugby it played really between was. two very competent sides. I mean, Staines today, I thought, were you know, incredibly well prepared and very well organised. And credit should go to Rocky, their coach, for that. But, of course, you know, we've got some young men there with some talent. Um, and, and, and we saw that come out today. You know, we, we saw the ball move around. We saw them... We saw them being physical. We saw them, you know, in, in, in the in the in the technical areas of the game, doing the right things. And you know, you sit in the stand, you stand on the side of the ground, and, and that's something you can enjoy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a championship or, or, or premiership level. If it's your club, you know, th th there's something very, very, very special about watching your club play a good brand of rugby and and, and win a game. And you could tell that from the support today. There's a huge amount of people here that genuinely feel this is their club and they want to get behind it regardless of what division. Yeah, that, that, the, the reaction in the crowd today was absolutely no different whatsoever than if they'd been out there playing Doncaster. I mean, it, it was remarkable. It's not what I expected, and I probably wouldn't have even dreamed to hope, but th that was pretty special. I mean, watching Scottish play here at, on, on Christmas Eve last year was a bit of a unique experience, yeah. I have to say, but, but that's up there with it. I mean, that's a really... <laughs> amazing experience to watch under the sun in TW9. And you mentioned the, the game against Scottish, which obviously kind of picked up a lot of press uh, back in last December. A huge amount has happened since then. I guess, you know, how much, it's testament to how much hard work has, has, gone, into, has gone into this club to get into this position and to have such a, a positive experience like today. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, there's an awful lot of people contributing lots of different things, whether, that, you know, Gareth, you mean he's got a his, his lads, you know, his daughters as well. He's got a ton of things to do, but, but he f uh, and his refereeing as mm. well. Let's not remember that he referees uh, as a volunteer. But he found time this afternoon to come and make that probably the, the only experience that Stainside will have of having an announcer and having their name read out when they scored and, and all those sorts of things. So, so he, you know, it's little things like that that that, that make it just an amazing experience for the players on that field. It makes it a bit special for the supporters as well. And I'm sure Kai and Sonny were, were, were thoroughly enjoying it. And they're thinking, am I really in Hearts and Middlesex? <laughs> or am I, 
you know, back um, playing a, a you know, higher standard of professional rugby. But anyway, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. It was. And then just to finish on, something I thought was really interesting when, when John Taylor was talking was he mentioned about kind of the club going back to its roots about being mm. a mecca for mm. Welshmen mm. in London, mm. which both of us are. Yeah, yeah. That I thought was was really interesting, and I think you could tell that today it was a fantastic rendition of, of, of "Bread of Heaven" as the as the players left the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that, that's a, that's a club um, tradition. I mean, you know, they they sing "Bread of Heaven" at the end of the the, the, the game, and I think that's a marvelous thing. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, the, 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 lots of Welsh people, women as well. I mean, you know, enjoy rugby, mm. and when we all come up to London, I, I think, you know, we're we're all looking for. S- you know, a way of grounding, a way of finding a little bit about home, I think. And, you know, many people will do that through the London Welsh Centre. Some people will do that through the various choirs and other societies or, you know, the Welsh cricket team, football, so mm. on and so forth. But, you know, but th- th- this place, I think, does give a large number of people the feeling that they just walked into their rugby club at home. And it doesn't matter whether that's Lampeter or, you know, Crosskeys or... Uh, or somewhere up in, in North Wales where we Gareth from and Dudno or whatever, you know, it just feels like the rugby club at home, and I, I think that 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 just makes us all feel a little bit more at home in London, and and, and it's one of the reasons I guess why why I found it a place I want to settle and stay, and, and certainly you listened to John, and it was exactly the same for him and Mervyn and all those others when they came up in, in the 1960s and settled. And there's older guys out there who came up in the in the 1950s and settled. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a special place. It feels like my rugby club. Yeah, you can certainly see that. And then just to just to finish on something that Gareth said before we before we came on air, as he said, actually it's not a club, it's a family, and you can yeah. really feel that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, absolutely. I mean, we don't use that hashtag for, for without good reason. The London Welsh family is a very special thing. I, I mean, the, the the choir, you know, they're not here today. They're they're actually performing down in um, at a wedding, somewhere, I think, in Chichester. So, um, but they, but they'll be gutted to have mixed, missed it. But it, it, it's a genuine family environment, and, 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 and that is one of the, 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 the values and principles of Welsh rugby. You know, it, it's one of the things that's stated on the WIU Welsh website, family, and, and that's, that's why it's one of our values. And that's what makes us a little bit different from you know, who we are, which is really an English rugby club. Mm. absolutely supportive of you know, teamwork, respect, discipline, enjoyment, sportsmanship. But the one thing that we have is family, and that's the one thing we've brought up the M4. Well, Gwen, it's, it's evident in abundance, and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. It certainly won't be the last time you see us down here. Thanks Jed, for, thank you. Thanks Brilliant. Thanks for Good us. man. As you can tell, Gwen epitomises London Welsh and embodies what volunteering is all about. Furthermore, he typifies what club rugby is all about, a sense of community, of belonging and of family. After a few more pints of Rev James in the bar, I persuaded Killick, the designated driver on the day, to give me a lift home. As we headed back across South London, Dan and I reflected on the whole afternoon and what the future might hold in store for Gwyn, for the coaches Sonny Parker and Kai Griffiths, and for club rugby on the whole. We want plenty of tries, plenty for the bumper crowd to cheer about, and I think as much as anything, it's been it's been quite a reaffirming day for me. It's kind of reignited all of those feelings that you first had when you were around a rugby club. You know, when you first fall in love with the game, 
Yeah. Today adds all the hallmarks of that for me. Yeah, it did, didn't it? It was, it was like going back to the, going back to the old school a bit, really, wasn't it? With um, just real, real good rugby characters. Lots of, lots of people at different ages there as well, wasn't there? Just having a good time. And uh, I was surprised at how many people were there. It was, I, I, I had a feeling there was going to be quite a good turnout, but it was packed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, I think that's the, that's part of it. You know, I think it just shows how much the club means to, to people within this area. Yeah, just speaking to um, a chap that had come down from, come down from Kent. He said that he he picked up on a lot of the social media, um, sort of hype, I suppose, and he just felt compelled to to popping down. Uh, he said, "I'm not going to be able to make it every week, mm. but um, I just thought, you know, I want to come down and support the club, and that's what that's what's needed, isn't it? And that's what's good about it all. It is, and I think the the really exciting and okay, you know, for want of a better word, the really nice thing about it." is that in a world that's ever dominated by money at the top level of sport, you got to see there today everything that was good about unpaid for sport. You know, sport that isn't, you know, a, a sporting institution that isn't about money. They're not existing to make money. Yeah. They need money to exist, of course, but that I thought, I, I found really kind of nice, particularly in the light of what we've had over the last couple of weeks with, you know, that Mayweather-McGregor fight, which, I, the whole thing I just kind of found really distasteful it didn't seem to be about the pinnacle of sporting endeavour it seemed to be just about goading each other for who who earns the more money and I don't know maybe that's maybe that's where sport is heading but today to me felt like really what sport is all about and particularly rugby yeah it did yeah it was I've, I've got a as, as we've left you know just left the ground now it's, it's left me with a warm feeling really yeah absolutely um, and I was speaking to one of the um, chaps from the Staines players who I think he started off at Outside Half then he moved to centre then he moved to wing mm. and he said that he stayed with the club actually um, from obviously they were playing in London I think it was London 1 or London yeah. 2 and they've tumbled down the leagues and um, I had a feeling you know I knew it was obvious why but I mentioned to him you know why wasn't they started with money yeah. you know money went out of the club and we, we, we tumbled down but a, a group of us there was I think about three or four of them decided to stay with the club and, and rebuild and he said he had massive 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 respect for London Welsh how they've you know, pulled together, regrouped, and um, a lot of the people involved haven't chased, you know, chased a couple of quid, but have actually got back involved to help out a club in need. So, just speaking to the Staines boys and then speaking to the London Welsh guys, it was just, it was just a, a lovely, a lovely afternoon, and uh, it's left, you know, gave me a real tonic really for the for, for the game. Not that you know, I'm ever, I'm ever disappointed with it, but money, you know, money causes issues, doesn't it? Of course it does. You know, whenever, whenever an economy is created in sport, there are going to be those who want to exploit it, and obviously that's a, you know, that go that goes right across any kind of sport. There are people who spot the business opportunity within that, and that's neither why you or me follow sport. You know, we we do it because of the the excitement and the drama and the sense of belonging that it brings. So actually, to to go back to to London Welsh this afternoon and to see. Uh, to see all the hard work that's gone in there into into putting on a, an occasion like that, I thought was just, yeah, like a, a tonic's quite a nice way of putting it. And we were we were both disappointed, weren't we? At the end of the game, we looked at each other and said, "Ah, oh, don't really didn't really want that that to end." Yeah, and that was genuine. I, I I wanted the game to go on and on and on. We just sat there in the stand, had a manic street preachers coming on from time <laughs> to time with the tries. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and uh, yeah, I just think, yeah, fantastic occasion all round, and um, 
really do wish uh, wish Welsh all the best for the for the season and for the years that that come. You know, hopefully this is the start of we keep saying a new era, but uh, you know, a really exciting period in the in the club's history. Well, there you have it. That was our look at London Welsh as they start a new season and a brand new chapter. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you did, please leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you thought. Finally, a big heartfelt thanks to everyone at London Welsh. We enjoyed spending the afternoon at the club and hope there's many more exciting times ahead. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.